Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What's Next, where we're breaking down athletes' transitions into life after sports. We're going to get into the habits, routines, and practices that work for these individuals so that you guys can take them into your day-to-day. Last week, we started part one of this interview with Adam Greenberg. If you haven't listened, you know, don't, don't even get into this one yet. Pause it, go back, uh, get a bit of grounding on who Adam is, how he got to where he's at today, uh, because it's really a, a pretty wild story. Um, we left off <clears throat> talking about the importance of finding a passion, not spreading yourself too thin, and really pouring yourself into something right now because it may open up opportunities down the line. Uh, what we're going to get into more today is after his transition from sports, um, how he's moved into his role as CEO of Lou Wrong Living, uh, the supplement company that he spoke about in his first um, first interview, affecting over 100,000 lives to date. Uh, so pretty important. So, I mean, the guy's the CEO of a company with a lot to pick his brain on. Um, so the big takeaways today are why he always takes a meeting. So hence probably how he got, we got him on the podcast, uh, his day-to-day as CEO of Lou Wrong Living, and how you know things happen letting things happen without asking for them. I think that was a pretty important takeaway uh, for us. Uh, But I hope you guys enjoy it. Like and uh, subscribe to this one. We've got a couple more subscribers rolling in over the last week. It's very important uh, to get that visibility, and we obviously appreciate it greatly. So thank you, guys. Uh, Tune in, enjoy it, and we'll see you next week. I think all of us, at what, I mean, it happens, right? It, whether it's our junior year, senior year upon graduation, for you it was when the Royals, you know, said, hey, offered you a coaching job, right? And it, it's that time where we lost the sport and we've lost the game and we've lost our identity as an athlete. And I don't think, I don't think it matters when it happens. Like a small percentage of us get to go play professional sports when whatever sport it is. But I think dealing like how how are we all supposed to deal with that that moment when I've lost my identity? I got to pick myself up somehow. I guess it goes back to being staying positive. But like, how did you deal with that moment of okay, baseball's done, right? I've it's gone. I call my dad. I said it's done. And now what? So it, it <clears throat> so it's interesting that you say, and even even in the book, like I was never done. Mm-hmm. So. my progression was when I got drafted, I still had another year at school. So I didn't have to make that choice. And during my minor league career, I, uh, I did get into real estate. So I I knew that, Ooh, that's interesting. That's something that I really started diving into and learning about. Um, but when I made the decision to take time off, I had already started, uh, Lou living. So I'd already started my nutrition company. So I had not a fallback, but I had my next step. So it was never a, a oh my God, when I got released by the Royals the first time, that was, okay, yeah, you, you offered me a coaching job. Mm-mm. I still got plenty of mm-hmm. playing in me. And I believe that with, with every ounce of my being. Um, so I, I guess... The challenge is definitely to everyone else. And I have plenty of friends. I mean, all the teams that I mentioned that I played for, all the guys that I played played with, um, that once they came to the end of the rainbow, it was, oh boy, like now what? And that's the what's next. That's the whole point of this. And it's really, it's a challenge for so many. 
it, it, it truly is because we're so one track minded. And if we're not, if we start veering off a different path, then we're not as focused as we need to be to get to the ultimate goal. So it's, it's just a fine line of where should your time and attention be? Because as I said, it's so hard to get there. It's even harder to stay, but it's so hard to get there. And every little bit that you can apply time, energy, effort, uh, mentality you need. So if you're doing the things that I was doing, like dabbling in a company, doing a bunch of investments, starting a nutrition company, guess what? Or raising money for another company. You think my time was best served in doing that? Then it would have been focusing on the sport. No, I'm telling you my opinion, probably better suited not doing all that other stuff to give myself the best chance on the field, potentially, because it caused the extra stress and extra headaches and extra uh, time that I was excited to get off the field to go and work. To, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, so it's that it's it's a fine line where, but then you look back and you go, well, but now I have something. <laughs> right. I have something to fall back on. So I, I think it really it really comes down to the individual um, and going through the process. And I talk to people a lot about this, finding your passion. Well, duh, it's playing this sport. But it's deeper than that. What does excite you? What makes you happy? What do you think about? Um, what are, as I mentioned a lot in the book, like, what do you have to have? Outside, the one main obvious one is, what do I have to have? And it might take asking people around you, what am I always thinking about? What am I always talking about? What what drives me so that by the time you're able to at least accept and acknowledge what that is, when it's nearing the end of your rainbow and your time playing, you know at least where you want to start directing some of that energy and attention. And it has to be into something that you're passionate about, something that excites you, something that that drives you. Um, Because once you start that path, who knows where it's going to lead. But if you go to this dead end, this is just fill in time type of of approach in life, because I have to, um, and not doing the other thing. I mean, I'm not saying don't go take a job that's looking like a dead end job just because you need to make money. Do that. But when you're before you're going to that job or after, what are you spending your time trying to find that passion, trying to give yourself those opportunities um, because not everyone's going to start a company. Not everyone has an entrepreneurial mind. Not everyone has a dad who owns a bit. I'm not saying my dad does, but not, not everyone has a parent who owns a company that, hey, well, you're positioned for, for the next phase of your life. So it really just comes down to the same message of finding a passion during the, during the course of your playing. And I will say this, while you're playing, Make as many connections as you possibly can because you guys know, I don't know, did Quinnipiac help you at all? Did the people, did the network of people that you were associated with or the groups that you became involved with during or after impact where you're at now in your professional career? Um, so so it's, it's always, that's why I say I don't know who's my next best friend or next person that's going to 
be involved because I might talk to somebody and they're like super excited about what the heck they do. And I never thought about it. And I'm like, ah, I just love your passion. That sounds awesome. And I want to do it. But if you're not putting yourself in those positions to meet, meet those kinds of people, then, then it makes it more difficult. So it's work just like anything. So, yeah. And Adam, I think, you know, I, I do want to talk about Lurong before we kind of get into our, our wrap up, but you're talking about, you know, in your pursuit of this passion and staying healthy, you, in the book, you're talking about absolutely just shredding your arm and byproduct of finding, you know, a doctor with a potential solution, an organic solution that's totally new. He allowed you to get healthy to get back on your passion. And it was almost like a, you know, you're, you're talking about one track mind and you're looking like, wait, that guy, that was very helpful. That allowed me to do this. That was pretty cool. Okay. Noted. Like you were finding things along the way that kept fueling your passion so that at some point you look back and you're like, well, here are here's where I can go next, and to to a point where you're at with Lou Rong, and I'm sure you can talk more about it. Where because that helped you get on the field and keep playing, you you owe it to that, and that that is like where you're in it right now. Yeah, and it's 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 exactly kind of what I'm talking about. Where when you sign professionally, and you're I was down in Chicago or. Uh, Mesa, Arizona at the Cubs spring training facility in 2003, and it's my first spring training. When you pull into the complex, you have a, obviously you have a badge or a parking pass. So you're, as, as you pull in, there are hordes of people that are looking for autographs. And they stand there and they wait, and they'll wait all day long. And when you pull in, you have the opportunity to roll your window down and sign cards, or you just keep pulling in. Um, and it was one of those days that I was stopping and signing baseball cards in my car that um, a Jewish doctor came up to me, schleppy guy, short, schleppy looking beard, like no one you would take seriously. And I'm just, he's, he's a great friend of mine and I can call a spade a spade. Um, <clears throat> so we started talking while I was signing cards. And what he said is, um, he, I th he mentioned he's a, uh, I don't even know if he said he was a doctor. He might've said what he was, but he said, I collect Jewish baseball players, uh, cards. And I look at the guy and I'm like, Oh boy, I'm going to see you a lot. Cause there's not a lot of us. So I'm going, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but who would have thought that that interaction in 2003 would be the guy that helped me after my injury to overcome a lot of the depression um, and, and energy issues without the use of medication and be the guy to get me on the field healthy, turning my muscles on that were off and just crazy things to the guy that was going to save my 2009 after I dove for a ball. And as you mentioned, he gave me the antler of a deer ground down and encapsulated and I was able to play four and a half months of the season with a 90% rotator tear with no Advil anti-inflammatory cortisone, just the antler. And I also stole 20 more bases than I ever did in my career. I stole 55 bases. So who would have thought that that guy would then be the guy who I started a business with, right? So, so you just you look at the progression of that story of, well, I just signed a baseball card for this guy. And come to find out he became so instrumental in my life <laughs> and 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 got me interested in nutrition and changing people's lives and helping people um, that 
I now have a nutrition company and we've run nutrition challenges and affected and impacted over 100,000 people's lives from signing a baseball card. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's quite remarkable when you, when you break it down like that. I mean, talk to us a little more about Lurong now, like where you're at now and what the goal is going forward for Lurong. Um, what, like, what should, I, should our audience know about the company? So I kind of explained that first product. Um, the first product was the antler of a deer ground down encapsulated. He gave it to me. I had all those amazing experiences where I was getting looser quicker. I was recovering faster. I was less achy, less sore. And I started giving it to my teammates per the request of the doctor. And consistently, you guys know how you, how you felt when you played shoulders, knees, back, aches. It's not just because you were playing every day. It was because you guys were eating poorly. You had nutritional deficiencies going on that was allowing more inflammation in your body, which was making you achy and and and, and not having the proper lubrication between the joints, et cetera, et cetera. Well, hence, that's what Lurong does, the antler of a deer. It has all those natural anti-inflammatory properties. It has everything that makes up your joints, cartilage, and bones. It fills a nutritional deficiency in our body. So we don't get all those nutrients, glucosamine and chondroitin and hyaluronic acid and calcium and magnesium, um, especially in a whole food where it's going to synergistically work together to just do amazing things in the human body. So because of my personal results while I was we'll call it seemingly healthy. I had a 90% tear, but then I had surgery and had seven anchors put on my shoulder, repaired my labrum, uh, rotator and labrum. And I was supposed to miss 10 to 12 months, came back five months to the date of surgery because I inhaled the stuff. Everything's short of, short of snorting it because I've never snorted anything in my life. Um, but I, I just, I had a timeline I had to get back. And as I, as I took more my rehab, I just, my, my ahead of schedule was just getting more and more to the point where I beat my rehab by 50%. So it was though that experience for me and then my teammates and friends and family and in, including my dog, who was, I think nine at the time, she was a Husky with arthritis in her hips and we started giving it to her and watched her limp go away. No medication. Um, so it was eye-opening for me to know that this was such a, an amazing whole food that I wanted to get it to more people. But it really was when my orthopedic surgeon started doing a test with his patients and found, I mean, his arthritic patients, his uh, from, from rheumatoid to osteoarthritis to um, joint pain to chronic tendonitis. And he was having his patients call the practice and thanking him and asking for more. And it was it was all these things kind of happening on the on the field where guys get on second base and turn around from the other team and be like, dude, I need more of that ailer. Um, that <laughs> I, I knew it was pretty it was pretty cool. And yeah, yeah, feed me, feed me more. Um, so I knew it was pretty powerful, and I wanted to I wanted to get it out there to more people. And I had the entrepreneurial mind, of course, but my first thought was. Why is this not in every clubhouse? Why is this not in every household? Why is everyone not taking this stuff? Um, because my dad had chronic tendonitis for f like three or four years, and he took it and it went away. I mean, he was living on pain meds. So it's like things like that that I wanted to be able to, to, to build a brand, not just a product and sell a product to people. I wanted to build a brand around educating and telling people why they need certain things, not just take this and your life is changing. 
it's understand that we don't eat well. <laughs> understand that we do a lot of the damage with illnesses and diseases and, um, and, and injuries. We do it to ourselves. But it's not because we want to, we try. We're misinformed. We're miseducated. So, so what is Lurong Living? It's a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's some place where you can go and, and be a part of nutritional challenges, nationwide challenges, whether you're educated, not just, I don't eat bread, or I don't eat that, or I don't do that. It's informed decisions of, this is my lifestyle, this is what I choose to do, not like I'll never eat pizza or have a beer or ever get drunk in my life, um, but it's, I, I would prefer to give myself the best shot when I go to a doctor, not to go, oh my God. I can't believe this, or you know, heart disease, diabetes, cancers, autoimmune diseases. We can't control everything, but we can control a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. So, creating a brand that gives people that education, creating a brand that gives people the the, the hope um, of 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 life change through whole food nutrition, uh, certified drug free products. Um, and education as to how to not just change and impact your own life, but impact others. So it's really creating that community, and uh, and it's been it's been awesome. And we have three products. We have our, our deer antler. We have our nootropic, which is uh, for cognitive function, uh, brain um, focus, um, and and sustainable calm energy throughout the day without a crash. So there's no stimulants. And we have our, our fish oil, which every human being on the planet needs to take fish oil. Um, but there is a difference with quality. And that's where we come in, not just take ours because I said so, because it has this and this in it. It's understanding, well, there are certain fish oils that have been exposed to more sun and oxygen, which oxidizes the oil, which means it goes rancid, which means it's potentially causing more free radicals in your body, which is potentially worse than not taking it. Right. So there's there's that's why it's not just it's the dumbest company to ever start. I'll say let me actually back up. Don't ever start a supplement. Company. Don't ever start a supplement brand um, because it's so damn hard. It's so hard to convince people to have them a read or or have them understand and be willing to be a part of that type of that type of change because everyone is in the I want it now and I'm just not in the game of let's pack in as much caffeine and give you this and say this is the best energy drink well that's nice if you want to weaken your tendons and ligaments not sleep or have sleep difficulties and dehydrate your your body and deplete your adrenal system so you're more likely to need and require more of that that's doing negative or harmful things to your body I'm just not in that space. So when you, I, I guess I should say, if you want to do it the way that we're trying to do it, <laughs> don't do it, <laughs> or or consult me first, and I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it but just like anything, I look at it as a challenge, and it it has been a super amazing challenge. But when I can also say we've impacted a hundred thousand people's lives, I think it's all worth it, every second of it. Um, and we we want to really kind of look at those people as family, and and everyone that comes into my life, I want them to become a part of my family, because if they if they represent that same voice and mission that I have, 
whether they make any money, that's not the point. It's not a multi-level marketing. It's do you believe in having an impact on somebody's lives? Go tell somebody, right? And that's, from a business perspective, that's what I failed at for seven years that I've had my business. We focus so heavily on educating and getting the message out there and we lost what's the most important thing. This is a little business lesson, so I'm, I'm giving giving the, the listeners some free consultation. Um, if you don't focus on your core customers and you don't look at them as your gold, the next customer is is no more the golden nugget than what, what you have in front of you. And if you treat those current customers and those relationships, accounts, it could be an affiliate, it could be an account, anything, like gold and give them so much more than they would ever imagined and dreamed of and they feel so like a part of what you are you fail and while we have grown it's been awesome I mean, we hit the inc 500 in our first three years and its life is awesome and great but we didn't sustain that type of growth and i and and it's because of reading books and learning and listening to people um I had a book show up on my doorstep and I didn't know who sent it for months. And I'm glad I didn't because I was like, oh, God, God sent me this book from Amazon. <laughs> um, and, and, and the book was called Raving Fans. And it's a small little book and you can read it in like 10 minutes. And it's a it's a story. Um, and it's, it's, so it's a fun it's a fun book. Um, and the guy who wrote the book actually has purchased and used our product for years and he sold millions of copies of the raving fans and all these other the books that he's written, One Minute Manager. But the point was, I don't know if he's still a customer. I don't know if he still uses our product. I never spoke to him. I don't know if really anyone gave him anything after he started using it. And, and as this book showed up, I was like, I finished it. I'm going, I hate myself. Like, what an idiot. I'm the dumbest person on the planet because I didn't look at every one of my customers as family. Like I say, we want to be family, but just like I'm kind of saying, you could say all you want, but if you're not acting as if it truly is, you're, you're lying. And, and mostly that you're lying to is yourself. Um, so it's not a bad thing. It's through failures you learn. And every time you put yourself out there, you have an opportunity to fail. But I've, I kind of look at it as the more you fail, you're probably succeeding more times than 99% of all the people that have failed way less than you. So, um, so anyway, with, with the, the, the education that I'm providing, hopefully that can help somebody is whoever you're working with, whoever your clients are, whoever your patients are, that is your lifeblood and that, that is your family. And if you have a mission to help and impact lives, then truly mean it and believe it and see it through to the finish line because there is no such thing until you know until we're all gone. But um, so so what is so once again what is Lurong Living? It, it's a lifestyle. It's an opportunity and and anyone who's looking to connect and be a part of that um, that's a opportunity for product and challenges and, and having an impact on this world. Yeah, it was at lurongliving.com, right? And I know we, we followed you guys on Instagram. So you guys are, we'll, we'll link up everything in our show notes. But from the short experience we've had with it, I mean, you, to your point, you did create an, you know, a family. You've got ambassadors, people buying in. People don't just come out of the woodwork to 
solicit something on your behalf unless they buy in. So as consumers, when you see that, um, you know, that, that's pretty telling, right? Um, so I thought that I thought that was really impressive just looking at your brand. Um, as we <clears throat> kind of come to a close, I mean, you, I've got notes and notes and I know Ant's got notes as well, but you know, you are listeners, right? They're, they're, they're here. They're in a time of transition. They're coming out of sports. Some are in college still, and they're trying to figure out what's next. Some are still in that one track mind. They're focusing on the sport, but I feel like a lot of us have had the, the mid twenties, upper twenties. They're, they're looking for that pivot. Um, you know, if you, you have two minutes to kind of say your piece to this audience of advice to either the college student or somebody in transition, you know, what is something that jumps out to you top of mind? We talk about perseverance all the way to business advice. What are some you know pieces you would say to that college student or somebody in transition uh, looking for what's next? Um, you got to set a goal. I mean, it's the same thing that I kind of talk about with with every every speech that I ever give has the, the, the basic premise of you got to have a goal. And in order to have a goal, you have to find a passion. So during a transition period, you have to work at looking and trying to find out whatever that passion is. And then once you find it, start setting immediate goals, high goals that are really going to take some time and work to attain, followed by short intermediate goals that are going to give you that success like you have on the field. So when you go out to a practice and you accomplish whatever it is, you feel good, which pushes you to the next thing or the next day. Um, So by having those small little goals, um, of, of, and, and, and those goals could be as simple as I'm going to do three things today to search for a passion. <laughs> it could be as small as that, but making sure that during the transition period, you're not losing sight of what the, that the characteristics that allowed you to succeed and get to the level that you were at. And that's work and it's tenacity and it's rep- repetition. So giving yourself that, that time and willingness to work and understanding Goals will be followed by obstacles. The greater the, the greater the goal, the greater the obstacles that will be in your way. Look at obstacles as speed bumps and not roadblocks. Um, fail, fail often. During the transition, make sure you're failing because if you are, that means you're trying. And if you're trying, that means you're learning. Learn from those failures to position yourself for the next things of success. Um, after success uh, or af- after you fail, success will be there because you will be prepared because the opportunities will present themselves. As long as you believe and you manifest them and you work at them and you put yourself in the positions, you will be successful. Um, and that's really that's really the outline. Set goals, overcome obstacles, fail often and learn from them, and and you will have success. It might, but it might be in a different form than the one expecting or looking for. And always be willing to. Continue to allow that to 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 happen, which is like we said. I was a baseball player. That's what I was going to do. I was going to be in baseball for life. Well, didn't exactly happen that way. I was going to be a major leaguer for at least ten years. Didn't exactly happen that way. So just be willing to 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 you know kind of be like a chameleon. Just whatever your passion fo- follows, you will be able to adapt and uh, and and just don't quit. Don't give up. And I know, you know, we're, we're in this business, we're in what's next to, to help others. So obviously, you know, the question for you is how can we help you? And we haven't been in a position where we've got such a polarizing story. So it's kind of funny for us to ask, how can we can help you? But I, I, you know, I'd be remiss not to ask. So how can we help you out? What's next? You're already doing it. I mean, that's, that's why I agreed to, to come on. I mean, you guys are trying to get a, a message out. So we're, we're, 
without asking for anything in return is the way that things ultimately happen. Um, being here on your show and you guys are trying to do something awesome and affect people's lives in a positive way. You know what? We affect one person today or uh, they, and then they go affect somebody. It's, it, it's amazing. So um, I'm not going to say go on my website and buy my product. I'm going to say check out my book. And if you buy it, awesome. And then if you like it, either tell somebody to somebody. It, 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 it's just a matter of having an impact on people and, um, and, 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 and that's it. So, um, because at the, end of the, at the end of the day, you can lay your head down at night and feel good about what you do and what you represent. Um, but if we're, and I appreciate the ask, but if we're, if we're, if we're always looking for something in return, then, you know, you're, you're not in it for the right reasons. It may be a longer, harder, slower path to get to wherever you want to get to um but it's uh, it, it's all worth it which is why you guys are busting your butt doing something that you're probably not making a dime at yet at all um but spending a lot of time to uh, to, to benefit others so it's it's remarkable yeah I, I we can't thank you enough for coming on we'll wrap up i was i was 15 years old when you got hit by that pitch i i still remember it i was ready to square up and, and play your younger brother sam in a high school game um, you know, 22 when you got that second at bat. So this is this is very cool that we we had this experience with you, Adam. I can't thank you enough. Uh, the books get up. You talked about Lurong Living. We'll link to it. Kevin and I actually we did something new. We we did a book review. Um, so you talk about taking school uh, pieces and bring them to actuality. But we talked about your book yesterday. We'll release that after this podcast. So we get kind of into our experiences with the book. I thought it was I thought it was really awesome. There's man. a lot to talk about. On yeah. So appreciate Adam. All right. Well, all right. So, so with that, you guys, you guys do win because you said book review. Um, if you read it, whoever reads it, go on Amazon and leave a book review. That's my ask. There you go. <laughs> there, there Simple you go. enough. Simple there enough. And, and, and Gary, Gary, it was awesome talking to you. Buddy. <laughs> like, I mean, I really enjoyed our talk. I'm thank here for the support, Adam. I, I'm here for the support. I didn't know Adam. if you had a voice, so thank you. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know either. <laughs> no but guys i appreciate it um you have my email you have my cell now so if you need anything at all just reach out well i hope you enjoyed it guys like i said so much so much content in there we had to break it up into two um, very cool for us, especially the Connecticut guys who probably knew about this story since 2005 when he had that first at-bat and got hit by the pitch. And here we are 12 years later interviewing him. And it was um, a great discussion. I think the big piece of takeaway for me, at least, um, at that end there was, you know, everything is an opportunity. You never know when one connection will turn into something great. Uh, so keep yourself open. It's it's not a chore to go out and meet new people or, or go to an event here and there. Um, you got to you know spin that mindset and, and have a bit more positive outlook on it. Um, you can Adam will link up his contact in the show notes, but um, I do want to call out his website uh, at Lurong Living. It's Lurong. L-U-R-O-N-G living.com. Um, I actually went and purchased that essential um, supplement that he was talking about, the ground up deer antler that worked for him so well. Um, just very curious. I have the typical post-athlete joint pain, um, probably from being the Saturday weekend hero and <laughs> trying to stay athletic. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a shot and I've heard great things from it. So uh, an unsolicited plug, but um, nonetheless. 
I'm going to leave you guys. Adam, in the in the last part of his book, he's got his keys to perseverance. He's got 10 in there. I only want to call out three uh, because I think, you know, you, you guys, if you want to learn more about this, pick up the book. Um, go check it out. It's The Art of Perseverance. We'll link to that as well. But the three I want to call out, um, let's go in order right here. Uh, some of the most powerful lessons come from pain. Make it a habit to learn from adversity. I think that's something he's done really well since that first at bat or some of those injuries along the way, those things are going to happen. And if you don't train your mind to handle them better, um, you're just, you're going to, it's going to be a mess. Uh, number two, when your gut says to keep going, find a way to move forward, ignore the naysayers. Uh, that goes without saying, trusting your gut is, is a very powerful feeling. Um, the more you kind of compartmentalize that, um, it's going to break out. The third one, which was very eye-opening for me, is in times of adversity, look for ways to help others get back up. They'll do the same for you. I think, I hope I'm not alone in saying that when times aren't going great, I guess I tend to get selfish and how do I fix me and what's wrong with me and uh, Adam's saying do the exact opposite. You know, somebody is probably in a different position than you or a worse position. Uh, get out of thinking too much about yourself um, and, and go try to help some others. And it, it seems, at least for him, uh, to come back around. You know, in times of adversity in his book, uh, he's helping others. And next thing you know, he's got another opportunity that comes on his way. So it's not that uh, transactional where it's back and forth, but an important piece to note. I hope you enjoyed this, guys. This is a, a favorite for me just because I've known this guy for so long uh, and finally got him on. So I hope you enjoy it. We got some feedback from the first one. A friend of ours was doing a cross-country uh, road trip, uh, and she texted me. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so motivated. So uh, at least if, it, if it's affected one person, we've done our job here, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you share it, um, and we keep spreading the word here. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we've got more episodes in store, some more blogs coming out. And um, I do want to call to the fact that we are taking some guest bloggers on. I know some people, they, they're trying to get their voice out there and they've got some messages that they want to send. Hit us up, send us a message on our contact us form. We're more than happy to get it out there. Uh, publicize anything that you're trying to plug, uh, but more importantly, get that conversation going. That's what we're here for. Well, thank you guys so much. And uh, I'll see you next week on What's Next.